All right, good morning. So we're going to go ahead and get started into the apostate church um, and what's happening in the, the days we're living in. So throughout history, we've always had division within the church. Um, even at the, you know, Acts chapter 2, the beginning of the church age, uh, which again, that could be argued to, you know, all the way back to Genesis chapter 1, because that was in the beginning. Um, there's so many, there's 4,300 different uh, versions of Christianity in America. That should tell you enough. So what I'm going to tell you is based on biblical evidence, uh, what we find in the Bible and how we can compare it over the time of history. Uh, people, You hear all the time people say that history repeats itself. Um, no, uh, it doesn't. There's a biblical timeline of history. Uh, the Old Testament was always in the Old Testament where God used individuals to represent his kingdom. And then he moved on to uh, Jerusalem. And then in the book of Acts, he moved on to the physical church. And at some point that would end as well. Uh, because of the same reason, sin. We don't want to hear that word. Sin is something that divides us from God. And in order to get into heaven, there's no work that you can do to enter into the kingdom of heaven. Salvation only comes by our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ sacrificing himself as the final sacrifice to shed his blood at Calvary to cover you of your sin. So on that day that you're raptured and you enter into the kingdom and you feel, I don't even know if we'll feel this at any point in time, this is an assumption, we feel as though we do not deserve to be in heaven because we know we are in front of a holy God at that moment. And we say, what about when I did this, Lord? And his reply will say, will be, I'll, I never, I never, rem I don't remember that. Well, what about when I did this? I don't remember that either. Well, what about this? I, I don't remember that either. He would never remember the former things. He will only see Christ. And as your sin, your flesh, now is peeled away from you, you no longer have that, you will be with a holy God and you will be without sin, without pain, without suffering, so on and so forth. But the biblical timeline of history, the Bible, shares the information to provide us details on how and when and why these things are happening. So when you study the Bible, if you don't, I would highly recommend that you start. But if you don't, start today. Start to compare scripture with scripture. Download the Blue Letter Bible app or something similar to that. The Blue Letter Bible app is a, a wonderful app that when you go to scripture, you can tap on that scripture and then it will give you an interlinear understanding, which shares with you the original Hebrew and Greek meanings of those words. So if you're confused about a word, you can actually study it and get a better understanding. Don't forget to pray. Remember, we learn from being discerning through the Holy Spirit. We have to come before God in a humble manner, asking for the Lord to give us an understanding that is from his understanding and not the world's, not man's, uh, and make sure it, it pertains to the Bible and be careful when you, you try to, you know, walk outside of the Bible because, and make sure if you do, you're using that as an example and not as, uh, evidence of the Bible. That's the most important thing. So 
Uh, the third season, the latter reign. First off, there is an early or first Pentecostal reign. Then following this is the latter reign. Have you ever studied the latter reign? Have you ever looked into the latter reign to get a, a better understanding of it? When you hear reign, most of us will actually just say it's a blessing because it helps to bring forth um, produce and crops and uh, life, right? We need water to survive. In a short amount of time, if you have no water, you will die. Sure, nowadays you hear people fasting water and they're fasting food. Let them fast for two months. They will die. They're not Jesus. They cannot fast for 40 days. You will die or you will have some serious health complications if you attempt to do those sort of things. It is not healthy for you to fast for long periods of times. But rain is so important to bring forth the crops and everything else. It also brings forth brings forth uh, the gospel. So it's, it's a form of the Lord bringing forth the truth of the gospel. And that's something that we need to look into to understand why Jesus spoke in parables when he said in the Bible that, it, that he spoke in parables and without parables he did not speak. What does that mean? Why do we not study those things? Why do we not know what the first reign or the latter reign is? The first Pentecostal reign. Why do we not know what that is? And ask yourself, how diligent were the men of old, like William Tyndale, who translated the Bible into English and was murdered for it? That's all he did. He translates the Bible into English and he's murdered for it. God calls us to search the scriptures daily, as the Bereans of old did. Do we study the word as they did? Do we have the drive that they do? Do we move with fear like Noah did in his day? What was the difference? You, we might say that God went to them directly and told them, yeah, that might be part of it, but God is also with us in the Holy Spirit, so shouldn't we also be moved like they were? And I'll just simplify a question. Do you have a daily relationship through studying God's Word, praying through the Holy Spirit, and sharing the truth of God's word with other people. Do we even read the Bible? Do you read your Bible? You have to ask those things first so you can at least know where you're at. And if you're not doing that, but you have a desire to seek after God, and you believe that you're a child of God, start today. Where do I start? Just start reading it. Don't Pray first. Ask for the Lord to give you discernment, to give you direction. Heck, he might have given you, you know, this podcast. Most people in the world today, because they, they reject God, we are in a world divided, and they seek after worldly gods, are not going to listen to something like this. If you continue to listen to something like this with a knucklehead like me that has a desire to seek after God, as you do, then we can be like iron, which sharpens iron, and use Scripture to give us better understanding of what's happening in the world today. Does that make sense? I hope it does. And if it doesn't, I'm sorry. I'm doing the best I can with what I got. But I know that the Lord is real. I know that we are in the last days. I know that the church is, is apostate. It's a dead church. There may be a few. I'm not sure on that yet. But we can see there's evidence, clear evidence, with transgenders and gays at the pulpit that this is not part of the... Uh, the um, 
characteristics of a uh, of a minister or a pastor in the church. Anybody can become a minister today. But what is your relationship with God? If you have lost your drive because of distractions, just get back to studying today. We are in trying times with so much, so many distractions, sports, sporting events, TVs, restaurants. So many have fallen away. And in a time that it seems that Jesus is returning, it's probably a closer time that we've ever seen that Jesus is returning, but yet so many people are distracted. You may be one of them. And, and to be honest with you, humbly to confess, so am I. I struggle every single day with staying obedient to God's word, uh, stopping myself to sin, Romans 7 or 7, Romans 8, Romans 1, read the book of Romans, where we see where we're at today, and yet we're not alarmed by it. We are in a country in the United States of America where it was founded on Christian principles. And you may argue with that and say, no, people just came here and murdered the Indians and so on and so forth. I'm not talking about those people. Look outside your window, drive down the road and see how many churches were erected throughout uh, the few hundred years that the, the America's been here. Many of those churches were by Christians that erected those buildings to spread the gospel throughout the world. So we're in some trying times today, and it is on us to share the gospel because there are still some that are to be saved. If there was no longer anybody left to be saved, we would be in heaven. The end would be here. Either that or we're under judgment and there's no more salvation. There's a couple different things that can come into play here, but... When I look at the thief on the cross, he was under judgment, right? He was under judgment on the cross, and he cried out to Jesus at the very last hour, and Jesus saved him, and he entered into the kingdom of heaven. So these are important. Or if you look at the the, uh, seven churches in Revelation, I believe, chapter 3, where you look at uh, Philadelphia or Smyrna, that at that time were not condemned, but the other ones were. Where were they at? They were in the heat of everything, right? They were in the the Jewish communities where they were being attacked daily. And, and that type of persecution drives you continually, continually to go back to the Lord. Men of, of, of Christians that were in that day would die for each other. Today, they, they don't even talk to each other about God. They're afraid or embarrassed or whatever the case it might be. But the most important thing you need to understand to come out of this is the apostate church is the reason. God allowed this to happen. And the apostate apostate church, the dead church, is the reason why we have people that are in positions that no longer fear God. These were churches that raised up men and just taught them about the blessings, right? They, they didn't talk about both sides of the sword, that there's blessings of being saved, but there's also judgment. The Bible does the same thing. There's the blessings of being salvation, and then there's judgment. We have to teach both sides of the Bible. We have to teach both sides of the sword. So Deuteronomy 14 reads that I will give you the rain of your land in its due season, the first rain and the latter rain, that thou mayest gather in thy corn and thy wine and thy oil. And I will send grass in thy fields, 
for the cattle, that thou mayest eat and be filled. James 5, 5. Be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Right? That's the return of our Lord, the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husbandman, that's a picture of Christ, Christ, waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth, and hath long patience for it, until he receives the early and latter rain. Jeremiah 5, 24. They do not say in their hearts, let us fear the Lord, our God, who gives the rain in its season, the autumn rain and the spring rain, and keeps for us the weeks appointed for the harvest. Hosea 6.3 Then shall we know, if we follow on, if we follow on to know the Lord, his going forth is prepared as the morning, and he shall come unto us as the rain, as the latter and former rain unto the earth. Have you ever studied the latter or former rain? Is there two pictures of the gospel going forth, not just the gospel that was going forth during the church age, but that after there would be another going forth of the gospel at another period in time? I don't want to get ahead of us too much, but if you look at the Jehovah Witnesses, they believe only 145,000 people are saved. That is kind of silly, but... If you look through the biblical timeline of history, there were not many people saved. The numbers are there. You can look at the day of Pentecost. You can look uh, through the, Jesus's ministry. Most rejected him. Very few were saved. And 145,000 people sounds like a big number in that time frame. Now, you may want to argue with that, but it's, it's a good way to look at it because right after... Um, the 145,000 in that verse that I can't recall at this point in time. I might, I'll, I'll come back to it. Uh, there was an angel that was bringing forth the gospel again. We'll just say, and there would be a multitude of people that no, that no man can number that would be saved. That would be after the 145,000 people were saved. I don't want to get off on a tangent here, so let's continue. But I just want to try to set some basic principles and information so that when I do bring it up later, hopefully it will make more sense. Okay. Acts chapter 1, verse 6 and 7. When they came, therefore, were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore the kingdom of, kingdom of Israel, kingdom to Israel? And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons, for the Father hath put his own in power. God is referring at this moment, he's referring to the elect, the apostles at that time, uh, the chosen at that time. The gospel has, has to go out and restore Israel, which is a spiritual picture of the kingdom of God. The gospel has not gone out to all four, four, four corners of the world yet. Uh, that that commandment, was, commandment, commandment was being done, uh, Matthew 28, verse 19 and 20, right? Uh, the world has not, it was not, at that point, it wasn't revealed to them. So, and, and keep in mind, my goal is not to set a date for Christ's return. My, my goal is to set a day every day to be prepared for the return of Jesus Christ. Some will say you don't have to do that because you would be in fear. Um, I fear the Lord 
and the fact that uh, eternity would never await for me and that I would be condemned uh, to the grave forever. Yeah, no thanks. I, I, I do fear the Lord, but I don't walk through the world in fear because this world, you know, I could be murdered today, but they can only kill the body, right? But they cannot kill the soul because only God can take the soul. That is a, a reverence. That's the true reverence that I have knowing that he's in control of my life. People use reverence today as though it's uh, it's an awe. Uh, reverence and fear is it's it's fear. It's real fear. When God destroyed the earth by water, uh, that was scary, and He wiped out everybody—children, women, grandmas, dads—wiped them all out because at that time they refused and rejected Christ. Just like today, this is important to understand that. My goal is to be obedient to God's word by studying all of His word. And comparing scripture with scripture so that we can continue to watch and be sober-minded during this time we are living. The biblical timeline of history reveals many changes from God using individuals in the Old Testament to forbidding Moses and Aaron to enter into Israel because he was allowing the off their offspring to move into the next phase of God's plan. Right? So the biblical timeline of history, when you look at those individuals that were God was using and then he stops using them what a shock that could be how do you think Moses felt when this happened to him he's being used being used being used and all of a sudden no can't go into the promised land we have to be obedient to God's word and to God uh, when these times come so if the church age is over or if it's ending uh, let's just say we don't by choice want it to end um, and there's very few churches that are being obedient to God. They haven't made bylaws where it's okay to accept divorce. Is that in your church? Is it okay to accept divorce because it's not in the Bible? I'm divorced. I was unsaved at the time I got divorced, but I now know that it's, it's, you know, it's not accepted anywhere through the Bible. When you get married, you stay married. That's just how it is. It's a picture and a covenant that you're married with that person. Just like we're married with God. You want to divorce God? We don't divorce each other. What about abuse? Listen, all we do in this world we live in is we find one reason as some woman that gets beat by her husband, which the church should take care of that, right? They hold that man accountable or brothers or family hold that man accountable. They don't anymore because the laws of this world, you know, stop that from happening. But in many countries, it does happen. They, they you know, they will protect the woman in that situation but now we're in a we're phase where just nothing matters anymore uh, marriage is just another part of a relationship that's all it is uh so if you allow that in your church that that is an abomination to god and you can't do that that's man's ways man man came up with that that is not god's ways and it's hard for us to hear this sometimes because you may be divorced like i am but it's the truth i speak the truth just like john the baptist said God moved on from Moses as a spiritual picture of God's elect onto Israel and Jerusalem, which has now become a new representation of God's kingdom. But then Jesus came into the picture. And how did the Pharisees respond at, at, at that point in time? How did they respond? These, these, believe it or not, were a picture of God's people. So they they worshiped the Old Testament. They knew it, probably have it, had it memorized. But how did they respond? You think they would accept him, accept Jesus Christ? So, no. They were wicked in their hearts. And they set up idols and false doctrine that they would add to, to God's laws. And, and, and again, 
This is just what man continually does over and over again through the biblical timeline of history. They refused to accept God's plan to the point that they lied to get Jesus killed and put on that cross. The mass, then a massive earthquake happens as Jesus gave up the Holy Ghost, which tore the tabernacle, um, which were just a picture of idols of that day. It tore it apart, and many were convinced at this moment he was the Son of God. What a shock that must have been, right? How about the um, the centurion that said, surely this must be the Son of God. He must have murdered thousands of people or been in charge of uh, Roman soldiers that have watched so many murders. Murders, I don't know if I said that right. Watched so many people killed unjustly, but he had to do his job. He knew who Jesus was and may have been saved at that time. You know, maybe he dropped to his knees and, and repented. Who knows? We want to look at that centurion as an evil person. Um, maybe he was, maybe he wasn't, but we don't know his later days. But again, sometimes this is what happens to us when, when these new things appear is it shocks us, right? So you see as humans, <clears throat> we as humans have something called pride in the flesh. It wars against us only when, when it's of God. The flesh will receive all types of sin, and as many as it can take take until it controls them, like money, sex, drugs, alcohol. We look at Christians and say they're weird. What about all those people? Having to always do this every single day, smoke cigarettes, uh, look at pornography, all that stuff. We're all sinners. Romans 3.10, there is none righteous, no, not one. First Chronicles or Second Chronicles, first I think it's First or Second Chronicles sixteen nine, where God searches to and fro the earth and finds none. Right. So we we seek after the flesh seeks after all these sins to the point of Romans six twenty three for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. How do we have so many people that reject Jesus today? That it's not just the, the humans in this world, uh, not the humans, but like the citizens of the world. They are the people outside of the church. It's not just the people outside of the church, but now it's the people that are inside of the church. I mean, you look at divorce. Divorce in the church is just as bad as it is outside the church now. So if you change the laws and make up your own, you know, man-made laws in church, guess what happens? God allows you to have that. He will allow you to be overtaken by sin to the point of death. Going back to Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death. That's not just for an individual. That's for the, the physical church as well. If you, if you are following your own rules and making up rules as you go based on you know people in there that do not study the Word of God, that have not uh, um, have a fervent desire to seek after truth of the Bible, but yet you like them, so you put them in the positions, you are now creating an apostate church. You can't pick people just because you like them. You have to pick people because they have a fear of the Lord, as you should, and you want to be a church that's reverent for the Lord. Amen? Does that make sense? I hope it does. Uh, so yeah, so it's the, it, we're at a point where the church, you can't see any difference between the church and the world. It's just, they're all pretty, pretty much the same. They become prideful and take control of God's word to make it their own. Isaiah 4.1, and on that day, seven women shall take hold of one man saying, we will eat our own bread. That's a picture of the gospel uh, the, or the Bible. 
and wear our own apparel, so they will no longer wear you know the apparel that represents God, but they will wear their own apparel. Only let us be called by Thy name. So let us let us still be called Christians, right? Let us still be of God, or, or, or let us just let us do that, um, so that it may take away our reproach, which is resting upon the condition of shame and disgrace. Many of these people know what they are doing is is wrong and disgraceful and, and evil. Keep in mind, going back to Acts chapter two, where in that church, or in, that was they were having a church because Peter did his first sermon there. Um, that there were people in there saying that they were drunk, right? The Holy Spirit was there; it was entering into them. Uh, God is ascending into heaven, and now the, we're there to allow the Holy Spirit to to teach us. Um, but it, amongst them, there were men, you know, in the same congregation. They were sitting there saying just evil things, saying these people are drunk, so on and so forth. All worldly religions acknowledge that Jesus was here on earth. Um, make no mistake of that. Uh, many Muslims and Jews even say that he was a prophet. But they just reject him as the son of God. How can this be? How can so many astute biblical students that once represent God, represented God and lived their entire their entire life doing doing his will or at least thinking they they thinking they thought thinking they were doing his will we're not many times man man thinks uh he can defend god um by making man made laws or bylaws so if you look at like the after the uh, catholicism like um, when the reformation happened so martin luther so you had that, and then you had the many individuals at that time that were trying to do something to prevent Catholicism again, or that, that one world religion. They were trying to prevent it by coming up with their own rules again. And although a lot of it was good, um, by exposing the evil, uh, when you add more to God's word than... You know, Proverbs talks about it. Deuteronomy talks about it. Um, Revelation, Revelation chapter, uh, the last chapter, verse twenty-eight and twenty-nine um, of the book of Revelation tells us that you know God will add the plagues to to us if we add those things. We have to allow God's will to happen, and it stinks. It really does. <laughs> I'm just being honest from a from from when you if you look at the Holocaust or if you look at all these things that are happening. It stinks because we know the outcome is going to be death for the Christians and or persecution for the Christians, prison for the Christians, so on and so forth. But God only needs a few to show what he's able to do. And when we're at a point like now, it's easy to say, well, this happened throughout the, the timeline of history as well. Not like this. We were, we were relying upon families, um, relying upon families throughout the history because we didn't have what we have today. The stores, the retail businesses, all the things. Women can just go out and not worry about men attacking them or kidnapping them or their girls because we have law enforcement and we have jobs that provide for anybody. So it's it's easier today for a relation not to have a relationship. But what if all this was gone today? What if, if, if it was all gone and we just, we were living in, you know, uh, let's say there's no power, um, that means your food and everything would be gone within weeks. 
what what would you do at that moment? Well, we know the women would run to men. They would find a strong man because they would want him to hunt. You might have a couple women out there that can hunt, but she still cannot defend herself against a, a wicked and evil man, especially that's much bigger than her. It would go immediately back to the way it, it was. Today, the children no longer respect uh, their parents because by the time they're 18, they could become millionaires on the internet um, doing whatever they want to do. It's just, it's a time, a day and age where the the Lord has shared through us through prophecy um, that Matthew 24 is, is right now the days we're living in. So when that date is, I can't tell you. I guess that's why I'm struggling a little bit. But anyways, we walk, we walk in faith and not by sight, living and breathing the word of God. But if we come across something in scripture that contradicts what's happening in the church you're going into and it's, and, and it's teachings, we must share it regardless of what happens to us. And we do it with love, right? We do it in a winsome way. Deuteronomy eleven sixteen through 17 reads, be careful or you will be enticed to turn away and worship other gods and bow down to them. Then the Lord's anger will burn against you and he will shut up the heavens so that it will not rain. There it is again. And the ground will yield no produce, right? And you will soon perish from the good land the Lord has given you. So if you look at this scripture alone here and we read it again, then the Lord's anger will burn against you and he will shut up the heavens so that there will be no rain. Now we're in an evil time, but it rains all the time. So is this rain referring to the Holy Spirit? Is it referring to salvation? And the ground will yield no produce, so no salvation. So remember, um, there's the parable of the sowing of the seeds. So we can look at that as proof. We can look at this here. The ground will yield no produce, and you will soon perish from the good land the Lord has given you. This is obviously scripture or language that's speaking to it's two things. It's one that's referring to the crops and the, when there's no rain. And it's also referring to salvation of, with the gospel. That when we're in, the, uh, when we're in tribulation, a time of tribulation, um, there's times where God just takes his hands off and he no longer saves. And if you look at the world today and the picture of the leaders and so on and so forth, we are in a time and a day where it doesn't seem like people are being saved. Um, Maybe, maybe there's some that are saved, but just are distracted. And that's why we're still here. We're here to share the gospel so that they may receive it and start following the Lord and his scripture. And then the Lord may return at that point in time. But it's so apparent that scripture is teaching us this. And yet we just don't study it. We just regurgitate the same scriptures that we hear over and over again, um, from the Reformation on to where we're at today. But there is a time that we're living in that we have to be aware that something's different and we have to continue to study the entire Bible, not just the same scriptures we regurgitate every single year. It's important to hear it, but it's also important to study all of scripture. Amen? So it's a very strange language and significant verse because it teaches that there's a break between the first rain and the latter rain. This happens when those who are commissioned to bring the word of God begin to serve other gods by bringing or introducing doctrine that does not come from the Bible. What is the significance of the rain? Its purpose is to bring forth a harvest. Remember what we read in Deuteronomy eleven fourteen, that I will give you the rain of your land in its due season, 
the first rain and the latter rain, that thou mayest gather in thy corn and thy wine and the oil. We need to understand what that that the Bible says what the Bible says about harvesting. There is a early Pentecostal harvest and then a harvest at the end of the year. Again, there is an early Pentecostal harvest, and if you've you know farm your land, and I have small garden, but if you farm it, you will have an early harvest, and then there's a late harvest. Exodus twenty three sixteen, and the feast of harvest, the first fruits, <coughs> first fruits of the labor, labors which thou hast sown in the field, and the feast in, in gathering, which is the end of the year. When, when thou hast gathered in the labors out of the field. The Feast of Harvest was celebrated at Pentecost. The Feast of Ingra, Ingathering, or the Feast of Tabernacles, was celebrated in the seventh month. The Feast of Pentecost, which was observed seven weeks after the Passover, was the time the first fruits were brought in. Does this make sense? If it does not, continue to pray that the Lord gives you wisdom and understanding and another uh, verse here, Leviticus 23, 16 uh, and 17. Count 50 days to the day after the Sabbath, seventh Sabbath, when you shall offer a new grain offering to the Lord. You shall bring for, from your dwellings two wave loaves of two, two tenths of the ephah. Then shall be of fine flour and shall be baked with leaven. They are the first fruits to the Lord. This offer of first fruits was the offering of the land. This would relate to the early rain. Ironically, in the New Testament, this day was re referred to as Pentecost, which was 50 days after the atonement. Mm, interesting, right? The Feast of Tabernacles was the seventh month of the Jewish year and coincided with the completion of the harvest. Deuteronomy 16.3 you must observe the festival of shelters for seven days at the end of the harvest season, after the grain has been threshed and the grass or grapes have been pressed. Observe the feast of booths for seven days when you gather the harvest from your threshing floor and your, your wine vat. This would refer to the latter rain. Joel 20, Joel chapter 2 verse 21 through 24. Fear not, O land. Be glad and rejoice, for the Lord will be great, will do great things. Be not afraid, be the ye beast of the field, for the pastures of the wilderness do spring. For the tree beareth her fruit, the fig tree and the vine do yield their strength. Be glad then, ye children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God. For he hath given you the former rain moderately, and he will cause to come down from you the rain, the former rain, and the latter rain in the first month. And the floors shall be full of wheat, and the vats shall be overflow with wine and oil. Have you ever studied these verses? Do these verses cause you to think? It's not new information, but we don't study these verses because most people don't understand them. They are taught a certain way to study the Bible. And they pick whatever denomination that they feel they were led to. But regardless of your denomination, we are called to study all of the word of God and not just parts of it. So to God be the glory for giving us the Bible, that even an individual like you or me can study it. As those before us studied and compared scripture with scripture to understand God's will more and more. He only reveals information on his timeline. 
Um, he only reveals information on his timeline, which is now our timeline because we are studying it. Humans come to come to and understand. And once we grasp some grasp something and it changes, we struggle. So anytime there's change, we struggle with that, with anything, not just in the Bible, but anything at home. If you lose your job, you struggle with that. If your wife leaves you, your husband leaves you, if your kid no longer likes you, you struggle with that. It's just, it's normal. Humans are, <clears throat> are used to consistency. And that's actually, I'd say we prefer consistency. Do you remember how Jesus would, would be um, somewhere and leave without warning or randomly appear in a, appear in a place and then heal someone uh, or perform a miracle? So he would do that through the Bible and the disciples would be confused and the people would be confused and the Pharisees would be confused. Over and over we are told that this is not our home, Hebrews 13, uh, 14 through 16. Uh, if the world hates you, remember that it hated me before it hated, hated you, John 15, 18 through 17, or uh, 18 through 27. Knowing these two verses alone should drive us back to the Bible over and over again. That's the whole point of this, this first um, uh, study, is that we enjoy consistency or normalcy so well that we will ignore everything around us. We will ignore, ignore the warnings. We see them, but we will ignore them. We have a very, humans have a very good ability to become, to adjust to whatever's around them. You could be in the most violent place in the, in the country or in the world, seeing people murdered every day, maybe dead people lying in the street and you just walk past them and keep going just because you're trying to survive. Or we can be in, uh, uh, Dubai, which is kind of referred to the heaven on earth right now, where it's the, all these wealthy people, rich people have built up this city to get away from all the evil in this world. And, um, they're still evil. It just doesn't matter. We This world is not our home, and we should continue to study the Bible, seeking and searching for what's happening in the time we're living in. If you're told not to do that, then that, that, is, that is an evil thing. You study all Scripture, Genesis through Revelation. We are not coming up, if you notice here, we are not coming up with any uh, new revelation. We are only revealing revelation in Scripture that is just not studied anymore. Or it's just not studied. Uh, and if it is, it's just touched on. The men of old would study scripture. Again, going back to William Tyndale. He translated the entire Bible, people. The entire Bible. How long did that take to do that by hand? We have computers that can do it in seconds. And he did it by hand. He was murdered for it. This might be uh, scary stuff to hear, but it's truth. I speak the truth and it's important. So I plan on doing this again. Uh, to, to do the second part. This is the first part. Um, and we're going to get more into see where we'll see where the Lord leads us. I hope this is, this is grasp. Uh, this is grabbed you like, uh, like you were grabbed by your parents by, for not listening. And then you were attentive, right? You were looking like, well, well I know I'm in trouble. I know something's happened, but I know this person that's holding me loves me. And whether I get a whooping right now or, or they, you know, they're good. They love me. So and even if, um, you know, I, I'm going to get a whooping or I'm going to get grounded. I know it's the best for me, right? I know there's God chastises those he loves. Amen. He chastises those he loves. So 
don't look at this as, as evil. Look at this as, as getting a, a better understanding of what's happening in the days we are living and pray and pray. So let's go into pray, prayer now. And, um, and I just pray that uh, uh, the Lord continues to motivate you and motivate me to study his word to gain more understanding. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you so much for this opportunity to share the truth of the gospel. Father, we pray that we are sharing the truth of your will and not our own. Uh, Lord, we... We are struggling in the days we are living, and we pray that you can bring more and more of us together as you did um, back then. Yes, there was a time where they scattered, but Father, you brought them together to be strengthened, um, to sh uh, be like iron and sharpen each other through your gospel, and that through the Holy Spirit, we can pray that you can give us discernment. Father, I pray for this in this in this time, and I thank you so much for your word. And, uh, and I thank you so much for what's happening in this world because we know that the, the time of reckoning, the time of uh, salvation uh, or uh, rapture is, is, is soon to come, whether it's today or, or next year or whatever, whatever the time it is. Father, we just pray that we are ready and we are desiring to seek after you first in the morning, throughout the day, in the afternoon, and that we share the truth of the gospel. Lord, we love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. God bless you. And uh, Lord willing, we'll be able to do part two. Um, sometime this week.